Should I put on clothes? Clothes? No. Okay. Okay. I'm in my boxers right now because I uh, am writing, and it was it was kind of hot. I was going to change, and I was like, yeah. So you don't you don't have are. you don't have roommates. No, no, I, I am subletting an apartment right now. Okay, so it's just you, you just you, boxers, and a yep. laptop. Okay, boxers and a laptop, like a podcaster should. Nice. Okay. Speaking of which, I'm going to go pantsless. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't get this on any of your other Catholic podcasts, do you? Everyone, do you? I am now officially pantsless. Let me tell you why, Luke. I put on black sweat pa- or sweatpants, black jeans when I take my kiddos to the uh, gymnastics in the morning, the old gymnastics. And then, like a gentleman, like a gentleman. And then I came home, and my wife is like, "I clean this and clean this and did this and did this." Usually, when I leave, my wife leaves with our kids for gymnastics. I'm like, "Great, I got an hour and a half to just chill out, watch all the things I can't watch when my kids are around." When I leave, my wife is like, great, now I can clean all the stuff I can't clean while my kids are around. So, of course, now I feel guilty. So I, I'm like, okay. You I, indeed, indeed. And I do. So then I say, okay, well, I'll go and clean. Uh, what can I do? What can I do? Oh, I know. I will weed whack the front yard. So <laughs> instead of just taking five minutes to go upstairs and put on shorts, I just walk outside in my T-shirt. And my black denim and 5,000 degree surface of the sun weather. And I am so covered in gross sweat. And then I had to go to Walmart and get new toilet seats, new toilet lids. Mm. Isn't that fun, installing those? Thoroughly suburbanized. So I had an exam this morning that was okay. Was that the board and, exam? Uh, yes, yes. Now I'm writing my board paper. Ooh. So... Yeah, I, I have some thoughts. And I'm just bored talking to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> we hate each other, everyone. Please stop listening. Dude, it was, <laughs> it, it was so funny. I almost just said, oh, we hate each other. And then I went, <laughs> and then you did it. That's it right there. I did. What are we doing? Podcasting? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I, this is my life right now. Yeah. No, no, no. This is, this is, I am, this is my last full day. I'm sorry for the horrible sound, but this is the way it's going to be. Um, and, uh, last full day of school. So yeah. 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 This is it. I, 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 there's a very good chance I might have to finish part of this paper tomorrow, which I am okay with for the most part. I'd like to be able to just like leave, but, um, what's even more important ultimately is that I'm able to just like say goodbye to everyone here. spend some like a little bit of time with people who are going to be heading out soon or see you know, Cause like there are people who have to like come with their papers. We're going to go have a dinner and probably have a drink. So I would rather spend my night doing that, get up tomorrow, complete the paper, go to mass, pack up and then leave. So ideally I'd, be, I'd get done here and I'm just in after I get, I get off the phone with you, but I want to, I'm actually kind of excited to write this paper because I have a lot of thoughts that I want to put together. So I want to give it, um, and I, I want to kind of find a balance between, and this has been really interesting. This is, this is the thing that I wanted to, to, to talk about. There's a tension in a program like this because it is, because it is an executive program because of the nature of the time you have for certain classes you are constantly having to prioritize what's important and what's not or what you should do and what you can't do and how hard you should go into one thing and how 
much you need to back off of off off of another. And that's been probably one of the most challenging parts for me in all this is because I tend to just go all into all things and I literally cannot do that. Yeah. So I mean I'm that that is my exact way when I do schoolwork, right? Like Okay, I got to read these books. I'm a completionist, so it's very difficult for me to pick the key chapter and just spend time in that chapter. I'm like, yeah, but what if his argument's coming up into that? And what if his argument, you know, and I just, I'm just hopeless. And then on top of that, you have the problem of um, not only am I a completionist, but I want to complete all my thoughts, right? So I don't just want to read the author's thoughts, even though I only need chapter four. I then become obsessed with, well, did I bring up all these arguments and I could see where this mm-hmm. is a little weak and it's like, well, I know I only have four hours left and I have two other papers to write, but I will come <laughs> up with a lie in order to work more. <laughs> and that, yeah, and that's and that's the thing is you have to is it really is like I, this has been kind of a contention with some people in my in my cohort and I don't necessarily agree with this is that I I really like the fact that this is as intense as it is because one, I just like intense things. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And then two, uh, are you talking about sex? Was that a sex joke? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Roger. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, just so we're all, all, all on the same page here. Um, no, I'm just kidding. uh, or no, but, uh, like in real life, you have to make a lot of decisions. Like I, like I was talking, I was talking with my buddy Will, who's uh, who's in this cohort. You would love Will. Super oh. great dude. He works oh. out out in Dallas, doing amazing things. No, I love Will. He I love Will. Has a, oh, you would love. He has a Baptist background. He's a preacher on the side as well. It's just he's got a great cadence. I'm just like Will. Can you read me? Can you read me my calendar and to do list every morning? Um, <laughs> just super good heart. Just a good dude. Um, and he's like, you know, it's like half he goes, my job is just, um, I have to have meeting after meeting. I just make decision after decision, which is what you're having to do during this period here is just constantly decide what's important, what's not having to put restraint on something you might want to lean, lean into. And then also having to say, oh, I'm spending too much time on this. I need to stop. Like, like I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not getting this, so I need to stop trying to, and I need to go find an expert who does. I think that is a real skill set that I'm going to be developing here because for me, I constantly want to just lean in, just, just, just like with what you're saying. I just think about like how much time at work do you think you you ha- have wasted trying to find the right way to like get this font the way that you want or to like learn a thing for months for Luke. like your months. computer months. <laughs> no, like, the yeah. amount of time I have wasted since January on picayune details that I get lost in can be added up in months. Yes. <laughs> well, and 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 like and here is. And just kind of, and I, I'm not saying that you accept bad work by you know any means necessary, but I'm saying at some point in time you have to go. This isn't important, or I'm wasting. Like you know, I I spent an hour and a half on one math problem a couple of nights ago, and I was, and I just remember I'm thinking, screw this, and I just stopped, <laughs> and I. And I like, and I remember hearing from um, the, the professor who is uh, just incredible, uh, um, just absolutely incredible here. 
uh, she was like a person asked her like how long she because you know other people were having those um, same issues and and it's nice because we all we all get together then there's a person who does have a rights so we're all trying to like you know um, understand why and at times that person's trying to understand why the, why they got it right <laughs> and um and it's interesting because like so this is for the this is for the stats class and for your homework the like you just like you like have questions that we all do on, on we all do online. And then you're told if your answer is wrong or right. And so there are times when you can go back and be like, wait, why did I get this right? I had no idea. And so, and like she, so she had actually, she had actually brought up to us that she's like, if you spend more than 20 minutes on one thing, stop. Like that's just, if it's not, it should be not easy, but relatively easy. So if you don't get it, you don't get it. And then come find me or like, she's very, and it's kind of cool too, because she's super accessible throughout the entire course. So there's oh, one that's time. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Like she like zoomed with me at like nine 30 at night for about 10 minutes going over a problem. I was like, I don't understand why I'm doing this wrong. And she just said, do you want to hop on zoom? And I was like, yup. And so just, and, like, and you're like, do I need to put on pants? Probably, probably for that one. <laughs> yeah. You are not Gomer. Yeah, and this one time, this so like surprised. Like she's she's just great, um, and she uh, I was telling her how I, I was like so angry that I wasn't getting this thing right because you know how I get. Yes, and I'm like these problems should be fucking right, but they're not. And so, and then while I was like waiting to talk to her on Zoom because she would like almost every night she'd also have time where she was just always on Zoom so people could come in and ask her questions. Oh, cool. I like you know I had realized that I had gotten my like X and Y's wrong. So I basically, this one column I thought was Y, it was actually X. So I was doing it for all the problems. So of course all my answers are wrong. So it finally like um, gets to me and she goes, Hey Luke, you've been kind of quiet this whole time. Like you have a question. I was like, Oh, sorry. I was like, yeah, I was actually, I'm working on this. And to be honest, I just kind of realized that I like, I'm not reading the problems um, <laughs> carefully enough. And she goes, yeah, well no shit, man. <laughs> like, that's <not> <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> so like, it's just it's like she's she does this and this is the thing that I have really I've noticed here with with the best um, teachers here, they take these insane not insane but like relatively complex I like ideas and they break it down in a way that is like very very easy. Not I mean very easy is relative, but like at the time like um seems easy. Or like you get it, and then you take like a step away, and you're like, "Wait, what? I don't understand any of this." And then you go back into it. It's like, "Wait, nope, I get it." And then, you, <laughs> and it's this constant like back and forth to yeah. when you do get to a point when you're able to look back and go, "Okay, I kind of get that now." Okay, well, earlier you had started talking about this by saying that there's tension in your cohort. You know, oh yeah, the people that yeah. you're replacing with me. That there's, oh, I'm so mm -hmm. sad that today's your last day. No, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Everly, you have to wait. Um, <laughs> I was here first. I was here first, Everly and Aaron. Uh, no, but tension in your cohort over the level of intensity. Tension over intensity, right? Yeah, yeah. So there are some people who are there, and I, to a certain extent, I do understand this. They're they they get they get they're kind of upset because, and this is all like his moment stuff too. So I wouldn't yeah. say that they are like angry about this, but they're like, if I had more time, I feel like I could get this more, you know, or I could take my time. Yeah. And my whole thing is like, yeah, but we don't have time anymore to do that. Yeah. You know, like we're not studying this to become – we are going through all this to become good executives in the nonprofit sector, not to become an expert in this tiny little thing in this massive field. That is so important. 
You're going there to get good knowledge. You're not there to become researchers or professors. No, no. You're there no. to get the ground under your feet, right? And yeah, I mean, if you're a nonprofit uh, executive and you don't know how to, you don't understand how to read a budget, you got huge problems. Exactly. But you don't have exactly. to be the one doing the budgeting, right? Like you're not nope. there to become the bookkeeper or the CPA of the nonprofit. You are there to read what those people produce. And that distinction is so important because people like me, and I, I guarantee you maybe, well, I guarantee you maybe, that's funny. I 100% sort of absolutely state that uh, the people in your group that would probably push the hardest are those people, if you want to go all uh, professional you know, Patrick Lencioni development things like they, yeah. they are yeah. probably more on that ideation side, similar to me, where you crave the completion of the thought, not just the, the completion of the task that the thought gives you. Like, that's why I think philosophy would pull a lot of people like this in, or even like science on the research side. Like you just want to get the data. You want to see how it all fits. You want to, mm-hmm. and then it's like, I gotta, I gotta get rid of 90% of these insights just to get a good grade on this test. Like this stinks. Like that would kill me. That would kill my yeah, no, heart. That's actually what happened. And then that's been a tough part of my board class. And I think that like, and I, I, and I really enjoyed it. And the person who teaches that, 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 that who teaches that class is really, really good. Um, she's an adjunct a professor who like, who um, teaches like, a couple of classes in this program. Um, to a certain extent I have to like, cause there are certain things that I learned in a different way. And this isn't like, let's analyze how this all can work and, and like the, and all the various complexities there is a place for that in the course and as well as the overall program but in terms of of the test it's like you need to understand these five these like you know five things and what's interesting for me is it's been kind of interesting because i think a lot of the people who have a more solid math background have done now this is not true a across the board by any means necessary, but I have seen somewhat of a trend where people who don't have a background in math are doing better at the more math based. Oh, really? That's interesting. Courses and people who have a, who have a background more in, you know, the, uh, in like, or and people who have like a math background are doing a little bit better in some of the more subjective of courses, if you will, things like board relations, HR, where there's a little bit of like, where there's is more, um, subjectivity, not like across the board. I don't even say, but it's, it's a thing that has come up a couple of times. Like I'm doing better in my two math. I've like, I have, a, I have an A in SATs right, right now. I've got a B in my board, in my board class. That's funny. That's funny. And I, that's, yeah, yeah. It, like, isn't it? And I think part of it is because like on my test, she was looking for just like certain things, but I, I learned, the, I learned those things, but in a different way. And so in my brain, and it's it's kind of like forcing me to be like, what does this person want to, want to know? Which is an important part of like what you have to do is understand like you have to like I never thought that I would have to learn the importance of knowing you of knowing your audience, but I think that's one of the key things that I'm taking away from uh, from just at least this month is that's a thing that I'm going to have to be better at. Yeah, and, and sorry, I don't want to. I'm going to make this all like. Let's talk about Luke's school. 
but uh, this is all I've got going on. So, <laughs> I, what's like? What, I have I quite I honest to God, I have no idea what's going on in the world right now. Yeah, no, nothing. We're, we're like, all just I don't chilling. know. I don't have everyone's a clue. waiting for you to get done. Okay. <laughs> everyone's just waiting. They're like, "Is Luke everyone's done like, yet? I got a riot to start." And someone's like, "Is Luke done yet? I have a market to destroy." And they just just that. <laughs> Just wait. Well, oh, I, I'll, I'll let you know the biggest news of the of the day in the United States. Uh, the Gormleys bought a new minivan. Huh? Is there something interfering with your happiness, or is it preventing you from achieving your goals? Healing is something that the Lord wants us to receive, but healing is always an invitation from God. Quite often, He asks people to, to you know take a step out. We have to take action, and a great way to do that is through a group called BetterHelp. BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. This service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and I'm going to send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and I'm going to thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule a weekly video or phone obsession so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Those are weird as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so that they make it easy and free to change counselors if you feel like you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is indeed available. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, wants you to start living a happier life today. You can go to BetterHelp.com slash reviews and read some of the testimonials that are posted daily. So this is what we're going to do. We have a special offer for podcast listeners. You get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash foxes. You go to slash foxes and you will get 10% off your first month. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional counselor. BetterHelp.com slash foxes. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. Yeah, I heard. I did see that text message. Yeah. yeah, I got a new minivan, Luke. And can I tell you something funny? I like it more than my car. I like it more than our minivan was a 2005. It was the, a really nice one uh, for 2005 with like 85. I wouldn't have like 50,000 miles on it. So we always buy cars that are old, but like fancy, you know, like they're the mm-hmm. top end mm-hmm. of their trim level. So I wasn't going to buy a minivan. I told my wife, I'm not going to buy a minivan. Then the first minivan we saw, I offered him cash for it. So whoopsie. But uh, it's, <laughs> it's called resolution, Luke. I don't have it. Um, no, but <laughs> we had these like goals and prices and minivans are going like hotcakes. Don't know if you know that. And to try <laughs> to try to get a minivan. I offered him gas. You just said, I'm not even going to look at the interest rates. Just give me that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can pay cash. Uh, so we went and we drove it. And before we even pulled it out of the lot to go on our, our like 10 minute test drive, I was like, yep, we're going to buy it. And she's like, what? What do you mean? It was low mileage. It was the highest trim cl- class. We got a Chrysler Pacifica. It has screen. It has all the crap, you know, the entertainment stuff for long road trips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's got like the, the like 3D car, around the car overhead picture sensors. Isn't oh, my great? goodness. What a game changer. I'll tell you what I hate, though. I hate lane assist. Do you know what lane assist is? 
Yeah, I know. I've got that in my car. It's a little bit. It's yeah, yeah. It's so annoying. For those of you who don't know, it demands that you drive straight down the perfect middle of the lane. And if you don't, the little white icon becomes, it's a wider green, will become yellow and then red. And if it goes red, it means you're driving too close to the line for the computer's liking. And it will gently slash abruptly adjust the steering wheel. So you feel the steering wheel turn in your hands, and you're like, what the what? Like, I like riding yeah. more a little bit closer on the right-hand side, right? I'm the exact same way. I'm the exact same way. But it does not. It does not at all. And so I'm like, oh, I hate this stupid thing. But the air conditioner is a lot better than my car, so I use it all the time. What? Yeah, no. So my my car, it's, I, I, like, I prefer to either be on, like, if I'm on, if I'm in the left lane, I like to be more towards the line on, on the left, like the, um, the far yeah. lane or if I'm on the right lane. Yeah. I'm the exact same way. And it, when it's when my car started doing that, I was like, no, no, stop, please stop. <laughs> you can set a governor electronically on miles per hour and it'll beep at you if you go over it. And I'm like, ah, we're turning that feature off right about now. I already got my kids giving me crap for doing that. We're turning this off right now. Best part about this thing, my old my old car that was like 15 years old, it had heated seats, so I would always joke and turn Shannon's heat, seat heater on all the time. Um, but this also has air vented seats. And so it'll shoot uh, – it has a fan that blows cold Ooh. air on your – on your on that part of your lower back that sticks out when your jeans are too tight and you have a belly and uh, your mm-hmm. shirt comes up, right? Yep, mm, yep, that, yep. I call it the sweet spot. It's nice. It's nice. I call it the Gormley hello. <laughs> the Gomer with the lower back tattoo. I get it. It's right there. <laughs> Somehow Daniel Craig just shows up. Oh, <laughs> uh, like how. I also learned something about myself this week, and I – I literally pulled out a note to take this, uh, my notes app, and I wrote it down. Are you ready for this? This is what I learned about myself. Mm-hmm. I love talking shit about people. It's probably why I'm a podcaster. <laughs> I love it, Luke. I, <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? We've only had multiple people say, please don't ever talk about me again on your show. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Sorry, Dad. Uh, but... <laughs> so I'm sitting, I'm, I'm getting my haircut. I postponed my haircut. I've needed to get it one really badly for the last two weeks. So uh, standard Gormley, I did it yesterday at the last possible moment. But it, it couldn't have been a better time. The woman who cut my hair was the best hair cutter I've ever had in my life. Ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. Do you know how I define a, a perfect haircut? It's the way I want. It happens quickly, and the person doesn't talk to me. <laughs> I- Do you... Like, I'll chat. I'll chat with them. I got no problem chatting. I'll be chatty, Kathy. But I just want to sit there with my eyes closed. You do your thing, and then we both leave. And I give. So I tipped her 100% of the haircut. I was like, this made me so happy. At one point, she hummed with the song for like 15 seconds. And I was like, oh, that was nice. (laughs) (laughs) Done. And it was perfect. I appreciated that that break. But while I'm sitting in this chair, surrounded by beautiful silence, the man to my left, who's getting his hair cut, is having an impassioned conversation with his cosmetologist, hairstylist. I don't know what you call him. And he's going off. Friend. 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 uh, friend, (laughs) Friend you pay. Uh, also known as my first six girlfriends, but the, the conversation that they're having 
And he's getting like into it. Like she's not, she's just like, oh, really? Oh, that's nice. They're not like debating. But the more he talks, the more angry and excited he gets. He was very impassioned about how something from his youth was destroyed. Can I tell you what that something was? I never wanted to learn anything else more. All I wanted to do was elbow my hairstylist and make fun of him and talk shit about him because he was legitimately angry about the new HBO Max movie, Mortal Kombat. (laughs) At one point, he was going through the characters and he said, so-and-so, that's not even a character from the games. Now, the real thing with this guy's backstory is he was the winner for the last 500 years. I mean, that's the story. And he was going off. And I wanted to make fun of him so bad. Be like, wow, you see how this guy is getting really angry over Mortal Kombat. And I, I, and it, it made me so happy thinking about elbowing a stranger to make fun of another stranger. <laughs> Especially when you have multiple things that you would be like that for. Yeah, dozens, Luke, dozens. The the fact that I haven't brought most of them up on the show is just because I'm afraid that someone is going to do to me what I would have done to that guy without a second thought. <laughs> but it, it something struck me, and I, and I was like, well, I think what struck me was I said, well, I don't know if this hairstylist is going to care about me making fun of this person. And then I thought, well, actually, morally, I probably shouldn't be making fun of someone. And then I thought, why do I do this? Why is this my knee-jerk reaction so i thought i'll ask luke why is it my knee-jerk reaction to want to talk shit about a especially about a stranger hmm i think there's something to that where there's a feeling of so you know it's it's like let's take everything back to original sin right what is sin but a distortion of of the good right so it's a because of because of original sin you have a um you have a disordered or a distorted world, and there's something about that that brings a little bit of order, but it's but it it, it in itself is disordered because there is a feeling of of power con, power control, and um, I think a little bit of uh, um, authority is the wrong word, but just uh, not in the wrong. You know, just like at least I'm not that. At least I'm not like as bad as like this guy, or at least there's you know I'm not. Um, I, I think it's a like honestly, this kind of sounds a little bit odd, but I do wonder if there's it's that whole kind of idea like you know we're all called to be Christ-like, which means we're called to participate in like the divine life. Of the Father, which means we're all called to be tiny gods, pretty much. And it's like a miss, it's like a disordered version of that, where you're this kind of more powerful being than this other this other person. Which is why we get mad when we fail, right? Because I was thinking about this, like I was upset about this one grade I got, and I'm like, why am I so mad about this? Now, there's some other reasons why, where I'm like, I feel like some things weren't, weren't necessarily just, but... It was more of just like, I don't want people to think I'm stupid. And it's like, why do I care about what people think? Because I want to be held up. I want to be, you know, held high in the, in the esteem of others. I don't want to be I'm viewed as someone who's not like good or something. So I think it's a weird, it's a weird thing of where what we, what we are or, or what we are called to be is actually, um, 
not impossible, but we get these tiny, like, it's like a false version of it. Fair enough. Um, basically, right? I don't know. That's that's a really weird, weird analysis on. So you're part, saying, so. Let, let, let me that. say, because of original sin, we are called to be kings, but we experience the fact that we're dethroned in so many different ways that sometimes we, uh, in sin, you, you could say it's like a false exaltation of yourself or elevation of yourself by putting other people down. Yeah, it's 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 almost like a quick like a microdose of um, divinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, no, like honestly though, of, of like I'm um, power and uh just like I and and just con- and, and um control and you know um of being the you know being right. Mm, I I think that's the title of the show, a microdose of divinity. Mm. I like that. Yeah, I mean, and this is—I mean, this is probably like a little bit of overkill, and people who actually have a good background in in, in this stuff have probably like a whole bunch of more to say. But you know, I have a microphone, so um, (laughs) so here we are. I've got a microphone, and I also um, have the internet. But yeah, I don't know. What do you think of that? Well, I like what you're saying because it's like the flip side. Sin is the flip side. Uh, Okay, uh, in the garden, right? the woman saw that the food was pleasing to the eyes, good for food and desirable to make one wise. So she took the fruit and ate of it. And it's funny that you hear a lot of uh, theologians will say like, maybe God would have let them eat the fruit, but it would have been done without sin, right? In in his time, right? And if you look at the Catholic and Orthodox understanding of theosis, like in the end, God became man so that men might become God. The idea is we will be gods one day. Uh, C.S. Lewis, the way to glory, the most holy thing next to blessed mm-hmm. sacraments your neighbor if you ever saw uh, a beatified saint in in the with your fleshy eyes your temptation would be to worship them so glorified would they be um so you take all that and you think wow so sin really is self-grasping theosis right like god doesn't make me one with him i make me one with god and the only way i can do that is not by being elevated up to the divinity but by pulling the divinity down to my level, which, which then becomes a fascinating way. Holy crap. This becomes a fascinating way of looking at atonement theology because it's as if Christ takes the bent of my desire to pull divinity down to me, to my level. So Christ does that. And in so doing, the divine becomes human. The divine becomes human, becomes a sin offering so that he can become the catalyst to elevate man back up to God. Ooh, I like that. Ooh. Well, and I, and I think, too, there's this thing of where, as opposed to being receptive to what God is doing, as opposed to being, like, to being, uh, being unreceptive to, like, the salvation that he offers, or the, we then, I think it's a thing, and I have to be a little, a bit careful here, because Obviously, there's things that we have to do, but a, a thing that we have to obtain. So I have to actually do the do do the work, which is somewhat true in the sense of you of things like virtue, or I need to put myself in a very good disposition. We all have like we all have our free will, obviously. But I think sometimes I I I I, I actually really wrestle with this at times because. The, you know, we are constantly like uh, you see this a lot in the, in the writings like Ben and Dick and you know, like other um, and like other like minded um, 
in his words, like it's all the work of God. It's all God. It is not us at all. And then they're just so like, then why do I have to mortify myself? You know, and there's the kind, and I, I, I don't mean that as in like, I don't want to do it as in like, what is the purpose? If it's all the Lord, then what is the purpose of me doing self, which, but then you see what Christ did and it, it starts to make a little bit more sense because we all, because of the, of the free will part. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, I probably just ruined your great point, but, but, uh, no, I think there's, I think there's some flesh on them bones because, you know, the more you spend time with the fathers, even though they didn't create a, a very elaborate atonement theology, um, I mean, they had, they have a very, you know, Christus Victor, it's very beautiful, I think, but the thing that kept them on track from their theological speculation was that it was always grounded in the incarnation, a tradition that the Eastern fathers have focused on, I think somewhat to the detriment of understanding Paul and the others, but um, they focus on the incarnation above all. Like there is no redemption without the first, the incarnation. But I think Christ would say there is no incarnation without the redemption because the redemption was the point of the incarnation. Uh, for this very reason, I have come into the world. So you start to think about that. And you throw these ideas around. I, I love talking about this stuff. I love talking about sin because I think too often we've reduced it to the um, the infraction of a law. And, and I use the word infraction because you want it to feel as almost as minuscule and benign. Like, oh, I, I have an infraction in, you know, I got busted by the RD of a dorm and I got an infraction, you know, like it's just like externally imposed thing. But I think the more we focus on sin as a nothing other than the infracturing of a moral law, the less serious we take sin, the more we see it as, as a corruption and a pollution, the more we realize mm-hmm. we need the precious blood of Jesus, right? Like, so if I want to become God and that's the impulse of my actions, right? If that's the, if that's the ultimate manifestation the end game of the will to power, then holy crap, then sin is sin is what they, the fathers have always pointed out. It is pride. Like the origin of, of sin is pride. And pride is the first thing that pulls me away from God. As Nietzsche said, I would not believe in God, even if he were to appear before me, because then I would not be him. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's the garden. That's the garden right there. Wow. Huh. Matt Frad, he, he talks about this when uh, I heard him, doing a talk on, on porn one time. And he had said, like, he was, I think a person had asked like, what are some steps that you can take if you're in a, like a real moment of like, I'm really, I'm really, I'm tempted or I'm out and I see a girl or, or a dude. And I'm like, you know, Oh gosh, how do I avoid like real, like um, lust. And he said like to stop and to say, I re- reject fantasy and I embrace reality. Oh, oh I like that. And I was just like, oh, that is such a great, like, isn't that like, that? and I feel like that's kind of going back to what we are saying here is that so often, like, your feelings of being, of wanting to make fun of that guy for his knowledge of mortal, of mortal combat isn't real. Like, I mean, you, like, what you feel is, but they're not a gauge of reality. That's not what's actually happening. You're just being a dick. This guy is just trying to do like whatever. You know, like that's, 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 that's all that's really yeah. going on. But what you get is the sense of superiority and what, like any of us get when we do this. Yeah. It's like, we feel we are the superior, you know, individuals. And there's this kind of like, 
um, there it, it is a fantasy. Like it, it is, it's, it's a lie that we are engaging in and we are, we are indulging. Mm. And so like, which is why I think a lot of sin, like, because now you have viewed him as being less than human and you viewed yourself as being more than human, more than human. Yeah. I got to go to confession. Which is, <laughs> I know, I mean, no, real. I thought about this a lot because it's very easy. And they throw me up like, this the big, what the hell? Why did you say that? You know, like, why is this person doing that? And all of a sudden, like, you know, after about like a week and a half, like, the, not the gloves don't necessarily come off, but after four weeks, they definitely do to a certain extent. And you kind of, you start to, like, you'll be, like, one thing I've really enjoyed about this is you're exposed pretty damn quick. Yeah. <laughs> and... You see some people like you see what their breaking point kind of look, and I see what my breaking point almost looks like. And some are better at hiding it than others. Like you know, I don't think I've like freaked out kind of. And like, so like one thing that one thing that's very true about this is that if you miss like an hour or two of doing work, you, it's like as if you miss a week of like a week of work for. Now this is kind of hyperbolic, but. You know, basically, we're doing in two weeks what people do in on um, fifteen. Yeah, right, right, right. And so, you miss you miss a couple hours, and you are kind of screwed. And I missed. I went home in between, in between my my um, those sessions, and I didn't get stuff done for my class until I got home that night. And I was already behind, and I was exhausted because I went home, and it was kind of go 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 go. And it was great. It was great. But I never took time to recoup and to work. I was just doing and working. And then, although, like, Aaron was very helpful. Like, she let me, like, I was able to, um, like, Aaron was great. But it just, and I'm, I'm very glad that I, that I, like, went home. But I didn't really a measure of, of what the cost of that would yeah. be. And by Wednesday of the third week, I hit a complete wall. And um, that set me back till about yesterday hmm. and it wasn't necessarily pl- nah, actually that's 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 not necess- that's not totally true i'd say probably more about like a week but i finally was at a point on um, yesterday like i should have had this paper more done than i i i, I like wish i was a bit I, I wish i wasn't starting this paper right now but it's also not the end of the world either but there was a, there was a bit where i was kind of having to play a whole like a whole lot of catch-up and I felt the impact of that for for a while. Why did I bring this up? Let's take a quick break and talk about our sponsor, Rooted for Good. And I've asked my wife, Shannon, to come on and talk about her favorite product that they sent us. Hello, everyone. Shannon here. Um, I just wanted to drop in on this ad and uh, share a little bit about some of the products that Rooted for Good sent to us. Um, first of all, they sent me something that I've never really understood or never really used before, which is an eyelash eyebrow serum. And I have to say, after using their product, I love that I feel like my lashes are fuller. I feel like I have to color my eyebrows in less, if that's such a thing. Anyways, I really enjoyed that. And then they sent me this sugar scrub, which is delightful. Even my daughter the other day grabbed my hand and said, Mommy, your hands are so soft. So thank you, Rooted for Good. 
That's again, rootedforgood.com. Head on over there. All of their products are paraben-free, cruelty-free, 100% natural, proudly made in the U.S. of A, never tested on animals, vegan for those of you who aren't carnivores, and it's alcohol-free. Always all natural. Care for your skin the natural way. That's rootedforgood.com. And use the promo code FOXES10, all one word, and you will get 10% off your next purchase. Thank you, Rooted for Good, for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. Well, I like the idea of you saying, like, if you if you think about it, right, <clears throat> if I want to feel more than human, right, I can't do that by for myself. I, I can't earn it. I can't do it for myself. So in order to do that, I have to bring other humans down. I have to make them less than human. Yeah. Yet to be yeah. more than human in reality is to actually be humble and realizing I can't do this for myself. I need to let God do it for me. And that that like intrinsic surrender is uh, is is at once a confronting involves me confronting my own limitations, not just limitations in terms of my sin, but in terms of like my human absolute potential. I have to surrender them and say, all right, God, it has to be you. That's why you can't earn it. Right. You can't earn it. It has to be a free gift. There's nothing more that you can do mm-hmm. that would equal heaven. Like whenever I argue with Catholics who still have a Pelagian mindset, I said, this is what heaven is union with God for all eternity. The word eternity describes God's own inner life. When Jesus takes our sin and death upon himself and he says, I come that you might have life. And he wants to give us eternal life. Eternal life is God's own inner life. How do you earn that? O creature. How do you earn that? O sinful creature. You can't earn it. You can only receive it with gratitude. That's it. That's all you can do. That's the only difference. It's interesting too how much your because like so so then the thing that I always kind of go to and and there are times my I'm too oh, black and white about all yeah. this, but I like well then what's the like going back to my point of like what is the point then of things like oh like on oh, the mortification why try it anything you know but and it just it that uh, that notion of like we are free beings with like a will to do whatever with with the ability to choose to our own thing that's like we we have like free will and so much of what we do is actually it's really more about trying to like it's really it's like two things are going on here we are being like god in the sense that we are creating things and then we're also being like god or I think this is why Amarius is so important. This is why, like, her, like her, her model is so in, in, important for us to be able to see this. We're being receptive to like two things, and that, like, what does what does a mortification actually do? I wonder if it's does it actually just put you in a place where you can actually be more receptive? So we think it's about I'm going to like conquer myself and sin. Where actually it's about I'm gonna put myself in a in a place where I can fully receive what is being offered. Why mortification? Why do I need to die to myself? Why do I need to gauge engage in ascetical practices in order to find uh, in order to follow Christ? Well, I mean, number one, he makes the condition of discipleship. If anyone would follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross every day and follow me. That's true. So it's yeah. a very condition of discipleship. Yeah. St. Paul talks about I drive my body and pummel it. So that after having led others, you know, I myself might not lose, uh, lose the race. So the idea is there is something within me making war against the grace of God within me. 
And that's something St. Paul calls the flesh or, um, or what we would call concupiscence, fallen flesh. What Christ wants is us to be in both the image and the likeness of God. So our goal is to imitate Christ, right? The Imitation of Christ has been the second best-selling book of all time behind the Bible, right? Because that book gives you practic- gives a monk practical guidance on how to engage in ascetical practices so that you can follow Christ more closely. So the idea is, okay, so I am a creature and I am born like every human being outside of my nurture, outside of any uh, genetic anomalies, diseases, you know, all outside of all the stuff that could go wrong within the womb of incubating a little gomer, right? Um, coming out, all <laughs> human beings have experiences of pleasure and pain, have all these things, right? And so coming in to conformity, there are all these different competing lists of what are virtues even, right? And so the idea of the Christian life is we adopt Christ's virtues, so even if it is all a grace, this is something that was told, taught to me a long time ago, God's providence, God's rule over creation involves, because he is God and not like us, his decrees take into account our freedom. So just as all is grace and is all accomplished by God's grace, his grace involves our free action. That's why when I, I always get my... Like I'm, I'm. All, he, he did it again just the other day. Bishop Barron, he'll say that the church, you know, like the phrase "grace alone goes too far." It's also us cooperating with grace, and I, I think that's mm-hmm. wrong. I think that's. I think the church has definitively said that's wrong. It's all is God's grace. My ability to conform to God's workings in my life is also His grace. So we talk about pervenient grace and all this yeah. stuff. So when we mm-hmm. talk about all is grace. Here's the stupid analogy that I use way too often, way, way too often, is grace, sanctifying grace is like um, giving, uh, what's his name, Uh, Aquaman giving gills to me to go live in his undersea kingdom of Atlantis. Like, if he takes me down there, I'm going to die after two minutes, right? Three if I got a particularly big gulp of Mm -hmm. air. But without the gills... Right? Without the gills, I die. Well, that's what grace is. Grace is his divine favor and life poured into my life so that I can live his life. Not so that I don't have to. So what is Christ? So then you go back to the fathers of the incarnation, Luke. When you talk about, um, like, where is the line between God's action and my action? And if it's really all God, then why do I have to do this stuff? It's because it's not all God, therefore you don't have to do it. It's all God, therefore you have the ability now to do it. And the perfect analog is the incarnation, the hypostatic union. 100% divine, 100% human. What about the authorship of sacred scripture? Those human authors wrote down all that God wanted and only what God wanted, but they also were 100% free as authors. How do we hold that? Well, we don't hold that they were just dictated to. We hold that it was 100% divine, and 100 for, uh, 100% human. So it's a perfect analog to the incarnation. It's a perfect analog to the moral life, the Christian life. Gosh. That's, that's, and that's, there is some part of this that like is a mystery that I think I just need to accept. I think yeah. part of it is like, just give me the damn instructions. <laughs> and, 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 and like, they're there obviously, but in the, to, to a certain yeah. extent, but it, it, that I really like that I did that. Like it's, we have to like 
there's work involved with with this and there's work involved is because it's a real thing you know as opposed to just re- re- like we aren't i think like sometimes when, when we it's really i don't know oh this is just me being dumb or if it's like just at like a 21st century um, culture thing or you know whatever but when we talk about being robots you know, like, like how God, how, how like we have, like when people tend to like, what's the analogy people always use when they talk about the fact that we have free will, they'll use the, like, you aren't a robot. But quite often, I think that's more just with regards to God's plan for my life yeah, or God's will, as opposed to participating in the divine life. And I, I think when you get to there, there, that's where I think for me, I experience, I do experience like some of this um, tension of like, how, like when am I being receptive and what's me and kind of, I'm realizing it's all the same thing and it's all part of, it's all part of the package, which is that I love that idea of like, it's just as, as how it's like the incarnation, hundred percent human hunt, like hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent like divine. These aren't two separate things that are somehow joined together but they're still split. These are two things that are like 100%, but they are infused. Yeah, together, and, so, and so think, right? think, like think the, about this yeah. even more. The end goal is like mortification. You can think of it as, as the process of your human nature being fused with the divine. And so you have, you mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. sins, proclivities, patterns of habit, your desire to talk shit about strangers. All of that stuff has to be purged. Yeah. But in the, but the purging is not, a thing in and of itself. The purging is so that you can be hundred percent united to God, right? Like that is the, the, I don't think you can separate the understanding of theosis, right? From like, I think sometimes when we talk about being a saint, we mean being morally upright and having moral rectitude. That's a part of it, but yeah. we reduce morality to just the obedience of external laws put in our heart or put it, put in our lives and if and when we think of saints, we think of these people who don't break laws. But we need to think of saints as 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 characters within their own story who are living the they're the most fully alive characters, right? So if you think about it in terms of life and not just in terms of obeying this or that law, yes, having the life means you obey the law, but it becomes so internal. Like this one guy said, um, you know, the New Testament says that love is the end of the law. Well, you say, well, what does that mean? Well, Luke, I, I, no one has to tell me thou shalt not murder Luke because I love Luke. Why would I ever murder my little Luke, right? And so within that, like you see like not murdering you is a law, but loving, you know, loving my friend, right, involves a vast horizon of choices and all that stuff. And some of those choices limit other choices. Like doing this podcast every week with you means that sometimes I'm going to have to pay a sum of money to fly up and, and be near you or you near me to have conversations, to build non or LLCs, like all of that stuff that we're mm-hmm. trying to do mm-hmm. here, I think in a very cool way is analogous to what God's trying to do in your life. Like your decision of your vocation, right? God, God has called you into marriage. You're the one who in response moves into that marriage, right? It's not like God is up there being like, and now he's going to see Aaron and now I'm going to pull this lever and Aaron's going to get a fluttering of chemistry and she's going to be like, well, maybe I can overlook, overlook all of Luke's flaws and uh, accept him. <laughs> so has the Pontiac Grand Prix. That's kind of weird. 
weird. <laughs> but I think it's cool. Like the interplay, the mortification of burning away all that is not of God so that I can be fully united to God. And when I'm fully like that, it's kind of funny how my love of neighbor comes through that and not in spite of it. Well, and it, it, yeah, yeah. It's also interesting too how it's like the – like your um, judgment of that guy is an act of the yeah. will, yeah. right? And But then the mortification part is an act of the will at the same – I mean I'm sure – I know there's – like it's a thing you, you have to choose yeah. to do and then actually do it. Yeah, edu- education and deliberate action. Yeah, it's exactly what the catechism says. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I – think, and I love that idea of like it's, a, it's an infusion of the human and the – and like 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 divine, where I think when we are gossiping or doing other stuff, it's 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 like an infusion of like of you know like the human. Yeah, and it's evil. like the antichrist. Like I I like that notion of when you see what Jesus is doing. Like, I mean, okay, so let's be silly. It's Harry Potter and Voldemort, right? Like, let's do this. Jesus is not Harry. Jesus <laughs> Jesus is not Harry Potter. We are, right? We are Harry Potter. But Voldemort is the Antichrist. And what is Voldemort's vision, right? Like to subject all wills to his using violence, coercion, lies, and manipulation. Mm -hmm. Now, Harry is more like us than like Jesus Christ, meaning he is a morally compromised human being, right? He's not perfect, Mm -hmm. but it's through his imperfections and through his loves that he's able to purge out and ultimately the ultimate dying of self where he literally dies where he has to get rid of that the antichrist within him right like you have to take it to its full measure it's like uh what is this somewhere in the new testament says it might be saint peter you have not yet resisted sin to the point of shedding blood and that means not like going around murdering people that doesn't mean you know whipping yourself until you're bleeding profusely but this this notion of like it it is a true and total war and only two people like there has to be a showdown and between evil and yourself and if you're too evil you go down with the evil you become corrupted but if you let grace have mm-hmm. its day then guess what like harry potter in the story you know you go to king's cross if you're at the king's cross you you know there's a resurrection right there's a, a chance at new life there's a lot that I've learned during this past month, and I'm sorry that I keep viewing everything through this lens, but it's literally yeah. all I have. How could you not? <laughs> um, How could you not? Why don't you? What? Why, why don't you talk more about your inadequacy standing next to a football player? Oh my god! <laughs> I, have I talked about it on you the just, podcast? You just yet? sent a no. You just sent one text message to uh, to our uh, WhatsApp group. WhatsApp group. Yeah. Okay. So I need you guys to understand how if you ever want to have your masculinity just destroyed and just like just utterly be like oh i am i am i'm nothing like it's the epitome of like jumping into a pool uh is um like just stand next to a gigantic d1 athlete and you'll just be like oh gosh i am you're strong and fit and cool and i'm old and flabby and big and weak (laughs) <laughs> like when isn't that funny okay talk about that right like that's the exact opposite of crushing someone else so that you can feel better it's standing next to someone and then immediately feeling lesser like i help run a non-profit that educates roman catholics in their faith but standing next to you i feel like i'm not even human <laughs> <laughs> i know exactly it's, and the yeah, only thing i like... know about you is that you're strong and big and big and strong <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I'm not even a person, am I? Oh, is that anything real? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because like all the football athletes are here because they have to take classes for the summer because their lives are awesome. And that's the best time to um, take classes. And um, it really is. It really like, is. just I like, cause, and so I'm in the business college. And so I, you know, like we passed a few or just outside and there was like a couple guys on um, one time that I would see almost every day that we would like walk past that I would just be like, there are very like almost a few men who make me feel small. Like anytime I say like, or who, who, who I'm just honestly, where I am intimidated by their um, physical presence. Yeah. This person was just, I, I, I mean, I had to like look up in order to like, um see him. She's probably like, why is this fat balding old man? Just like, I'm looking up and staring at me, but I'm just like, <laughs> you are incredible, sir. Like it was just so amazing. <laughs> you exhibit a part of humanity that wasn't lost in the fall. <laughs> like, this is sound kind of weird, but can I just can I, like stare at you for four, four bit? This is insane. <laughs> Will you just, like, this might get even more weird, but will you just pick me up with one arm? <laughs> can you just, can you just like, because I mean, this dude, like, was, I mean, like, honestly, his shoulders were more broad than, than mine. He was taller than, than, than um, me, but somehow, like, way more trim and just like it was just it was a great somehow luke it's a mystery we'll never know how a football player in his 20s is somehow more trim than you (laughs) no no, no, but like like here's what i mean by that though like like when you see an offensive lineman quite often they're just like i don't know like what this dude played so but when you see someone like like a big guy who you know plays football they tend to be like um like my like like pretty heavy yeah, and I don't know what this dude played. I, I'm, I'm actually like, I'd be scared to learn because he's like a receiver or something. I'm like, good god, he's probably <laughs> on the tight end. But uh, it was just kind of like I've never seen anyone who has like the build of like a big dude. Of, of, I mean, like, but just be like insanely like trim and fit. It was so crazy. It was so crazy. Like, I, I, I honestly just wanted to be like, again, can I, can I just kind of stare for a bit, like. This is not a weird um, sexual thing at all. I mean, I wouldn't let it go there. No, I'm just kidding. But like, um, was that a dumb joke? Nope. It's okay. a perfect joke. Um, thank you. But it, no, it was, just, it was just so, it's just, yeah, it's just such, like, you know, we didn't have any D1 athletes at our school, you know, <laughs> shock of all shocks. Um, <laughs> and so I think just to like see like college kids on like the campus who are just these like, like these like I'm freak athletes. It's just. Like, wow, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. You know what you don't see here? That's actually <laughs> that's actually kind of funny. Um, did I tell you about how, like, I, when I went back to Franciscan maybe like three, four years ago for work, I just stopped by very quick. I would say I, I said hi to Up Gravaniac. Then I felt terrible because I forgot that like Mark Puro was there. Well, and as well, and totally forgot to call him. But. Um, I like pulled into the library to park because I was like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. This is where I always, I used to park. And uh, I like, right as I got there, I like saw this dude in pajama pants, a beard, a hoodie, and flip flops. And he just looked terrible. I mean, this person looked, he probably thought he was like king of the world, but he just looked like, 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 like he just did not look like a person who had his, like, um, who had his um, shit together. And I was like, oh. oh gosh, that 
That was that all was, of us. That was all of <laughs> and us. And then I it was mostly one... just you and Duffy. It was just you and Duffy. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> there was like I haven't seen one person here like that. <laughs> like in the sl- like not even close. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That is so funny. Pull your shit together, freshman men at Franciscan slash also seniors. You don't need to wear sweatpants, a hoodie, <laughs> and flip-flops in the snow. Perhaps don't wear a pair of pajama pants outside while you're going to class that has a button on the garage. Maybe rethink things. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, oh, okay. Well, the, button's there go. to pr- the button's there to keep your chastity. Uh, okay, Luke, I'm going to miss you. But I'm miss you. always accessible. Yeah. <laughs> How far are you from Stoomba? Uh Like when I'm home or while I'm here? Uh, in Cincinnati or Dayton. Three and a half hours. So if I were to fly to Steubenville, would on like a weekend that you're free, would that be a thing that could happen? Me and you meet up, hold each other mm-hmm. for a couple hours? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep, and I have to just make sure that Aaron is, is okay if we have any, any any other things going on. But yeah, yeah. You know what we should do? We should do Catching Foxes live at the Kravaniak Ranch or Kravaniak <laughs> Farms. And we should do it, and we should have Van Vickle there and Kravaniak, and we should just never stop talking for hours. We just hours show up. We just bring a microphone to make Chris just watch us. <laughs> I think he'd be a guest. I think he'd be a guest. All right, y'all. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsors. God bless y'all. Stay classy. Join us on Catching Foxes, uh, our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash CF. Yeah, If you want to get access to all sorts of good stuff. The Discord. Yeah. The Discord is insane, and I love and, it. Again, and the, the wonderful memes. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful memes. So funny. All right, y'all. God bless. All right, bye. Bye.